So you've been feeling that you need more impulsion in your ride and yet you're kind of confused a bit because you're hearing all these things about like energizer bunnies and speed and you're thinking okay so how do I know? How do I know if I have impulsion or if it's just running away? We're going to talk about it today. Hi there, my name is Lorna Leeson and welcome to the Daily Strides podcast, the podcast for equestrians all over the world, helping you to have better conversations with your horse. And I want to dive into impulsion today because over the past few episodes, we've been talking all about the training scale. And if you're familiar with the training scale, step four of the traditional training scale is impulsion. Now, I think it's important to recognize that when we move from step three, which was contact and connection, and we kind of move up to step four, there is definitely a different energy, a different feel about it all. You see, I personally am of the opinion that while you're on the bottom tier, we're going to call it that, hey? So the, the bottom three steps, so rhythm, suppleness, and contact, you can educate your horse, your horse can educate you. There's like this lovely mix, you can kind of mix things up. It doesn't really matter if you're not getting it all. And, you know, you can kind of, you can play there. There's this lovely playfulness about it and it comes together, but then, when we begin to then move forward to the top tier, which is impulsion, straightness, and collection, I think there has to be a little bit of, I don't want to say mastery, but there has to be a definite grasp of what came before, okay? What we were working on up to this point. You have to understand it. Your horse has to understand it. There has to be more than just a glimpse here or there. it has to be more, I don't want to say completely established, okay? Because then people think like, oh goodness, I'm never going to get to the next piece then. You will, but there does have to be a good understanding between yourself and your horse. And that's key because when we go to impulsion, you are truly working together. This is where the two of you have come together as a team and you're working toward a desired outcome or goal, but you're doing it together. Your horse recognizes that he has some responsibility and you recognize that you have some responsibility and you're going to put them together and you're going to hopefully make magic happen. And you see what happens for many riders is they start that and it goes that way. And then they're kind of feeling like, yes, I think I have impulsion. This feels good. We're definitely, he's taking me. Hey, we're committed. We're going. And yet it feels very heavy and literally heavy. Okay. So years and years ago when we were in the pony club, we were little people and we were always told that we had to have impulsion going to the jump. So we'd be going to this little jump and we'd be told more impulsion. Now, I don't think any of us had a cooking clue what impulsion was. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> so we inserted the thing that we thought it was, which was speed. And we were like flying, like the speed of what well, what felt like the speed of light. We were flying across the arena to the jump, okay? But it was heavy. It was hard. It was, you'd get home and it was like the whole back of your shoulders. Oh, it was just sore. And you felt like you're after being kind of in this massive tug of war and neither of you really won. And yet you're not quite sure. And you were told, yes, you've done it well done. You're thinking, is that what it is? Gosh, it must be exhausting to jump like a full course of fences. Never mind, have a couple of different horses and do it with. 
And meanwhile, back at the ranch, that wasn't really true impulsion at all. True impulsion should be light. Remember, it comes after contact. And if we take the principle of contact and contact being light and contact being one of the things that happens when self-carriage is there and self-carriage and contact being very closely related and very much working hand in hand with each other to produce a desired result. And then we think about impulsion. Now you can see how running flat out to a fence, swinging out of a 12-1 pony probably wasn't impulsion, hey? (laughs) So how do we get that? Well, I think that the key here is to go back. You have to go back in order to go forward. And again, what I said at the very beginning, really and truly begin to work on the principles that you started with. So the relaxation, the rhythm, the suppleness, the contact, okay? And then from there, impulsion begins when you begin to, if you want to put more into the container, put more into the channel, okay? So impulsion is where the energy now You've, you've managed to create this channel through working on the other principles, okay? So you've managed to, you and your horse, you're like this container, you're a channel, you're like the piggy bank, hey? You're just this mold and all the energy is in there and it's filling up all the spaces and it's looking good and you're feeling good. Impulsion is when you can actually put more in and you can direct it. It's almost like a laser beam. Instead of it just kind of flying out everywhere, no, 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 it's the same thing but it's just very tightly directed. It's just very focused. Focused is maybe a better word, okay? And it's the focus comes from both you and your horse being on the same page. It comes from you and your horse working together in order to, first of all, create something, uh, whatever the question was, create the answer for the question. But not only that, working together to maintain and to sustain whatever it is, the energy and whatever's going on there. So one of the ways that I suggest riders start with this and, and begin to play with this is using related distances, okay? And just ground poles. And if, you, if you're not a fan of poles, if you're thinking now, Lorna, hold on there now. <laughs> <laughs> that is just a step too far. That's okay. You can use the shadow of a pole or you can use going past a pole. You could even just put two um, markers on the ground. You could put two jump wings, two uprights. It does not have to be that. It could be your jersey and your jacket, okay? Two things on the ground and pretend there is an imaginary pole between them. You're going to use that as the one marker and do the same further down the arena, borrow somebody else's jersey and jacket and do the same down the arena, okay? But what is important is that you are going to begin seeing your two markers or your two poles as being related to each other in that the distance from one to the other. So in between the two of them, you're going to begin using that as the measuring stick for you and your horse. Now, is there a fancy way of measuring? Of course there is. You can go out, you can step it all out, you can walk it out. You can set the distance up to whatever you want it. I'm going to suggest aiming for plus minus about six strides. Now, I do get it if you have a shorter arena. This may be a bit more challenging. That's okay. You can work past that, hey? But if it if you do have a longer arena, yeah, I like six strides because six strides, it's a good enough distance to begin giving you enough room to make changes. And you're asking, what sort of changes? Well, you can now begin to play 
with the stride. So we all hear of transitions and I love transitions for working on impulsion. I think transitions are great because they tune things up. They ask questions, they engage horse and rider. Okay. They get everything kind of just nicely, yeah, tuned in. Okay. So everybody's on the same page. Everybody's thinking the same way. We've got it there. But as we think of transitions as riders, we can often fall into the trap of only thinking about transitions as being between gates. So transitions from walk to trot or trot to canter, backwards on both of those or walk and halt or whatever. Okay. So there's lots of different transitions you can ride, but a transition in itself is actually just a change. That's all a transition is. It's a change. So you can have a transition within the gate, meaning let's take canter. You could have longer canter strides. You could have shorter canter strides. There's a transition between that because you're changing what you're doing, okay? Yes, you're technically still cantering, but you've changed the canter. You've changed the desired outcome. You've changed the rules. You've changed what you're looking for. And that is a transition. And I think if you could get to the point where you're able to begin playing with transitions within the gate, that can be a great way to begin working on impulsion. Now, what is key here, and I think this is really important, as soon as you begin to do this, you are going to notice where the gaps are, <laughs> where things are going to show up, <laughs> where it's like, ooh, that didn't work so hot. <laughs> Maybe we need to do a little more work there. And that's good, because once you begin to see those things, you can go back and actually fix all that and, and work on all that. What you may notice is the rhythm may change. And ideally, you don't want the rhythm to change or the tempo for that matter, okay? You want to try and keep it as consistent as possible. Now, obviously, if you're doing huge transitions within a gate, that's different. But for what you're doing here, the purpose of what you're doing, these simple transitions and easy and nice and gentle, you want to kind of keep it all fairly level. The other thing that can change is your relaxation. And all that is, is the tension levels that you feel like, hey, hey, there's a little bit too much here. Oh, jeekers, we're falling a bit flat here. There's nothing going on, okay? And what you notice, interestingly enough, is that when the relaxation changes, okay, when that goes, when that moves or shifts to a place where it's not supposed to be, you are going to lose the impulsion. Remember, let's take it back to impulsion. What really was it? Impulsion was that focused energy, but done through the filter of the self-carriage, the contact and the connection. So when things begin to either get heavy or get hard, like you feel like you're holding everything up or you feel like you're pulling against your horse or you feel like your horse, there's just not enough energy there, the impulsion is going to be lost. So again, if that is happening, bring it back to self-carriage, bring it back to where you started, and then from there, work again at improving it. If you're interested in finding out more about how you can begin to discover the gaps in your horse's training, and all horses have them, and so do all riders, hey? <laughs> you can get my new free audio training all about finding the gaps in your horse's training. You can find all the information over at stridesforsuccess.com forward slash free. And of course, the link is also in the show notes for the episode. I hope you have a great week. Keep well. I'll chat to you soon. Be good. Bye.